Start selling on Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash CNN for a $1 per month trial. Hey, everyone. I'm David Chalian, the CNN political director. This is the CNN political briefing. Here's what you need to know in politics for Friday, January 20th. Sunday is the 50-year anniversary of the Supreme Court's Roe v. Wade landmark decision that granted a constitutional right to abortion. Fast forward to today. This year is different. We have overturned Roe v. Wade with the Mississippi Dobbs case. We have done that. Roe v. Wade is overturned. So now the anti-abortion rights movement has new goals in mind. For nearly half a century, the anti-abortion rights movement in this country, one of the most animated movements inside the Republican Party, a key component of the conservative base in America, had galvanized around a singular goal. Get the Supreme Court to overturn Roe v. Wade and get this back to the states. But of course, it's one thing to fight for that. And another thing to deal with the reality of when that happens, which is precisely what happened with the Dobbs decision. And so now, instead of, like they have for nearly 50 years, convening on this anniversary of the Roe v. Wade decision to march for it to be overturned, the anti-abortion rights movement now is finding a set of new goals that they would like to accomplish both nationally and in the states. In fact, The March for Life, that annual event, typically ends on the steps of the Supreme Court, but organizers say this year's route will end at the U.S. Capitol. That is to help symbolize the battle shifting to the legislature in a post-Roe world. CNN's Brian Todd is at the march today. Brian, tell me what the mood is like on the ground there. David, the March for Life here in Washington does have a different vibe this year. It is part celebration, but also a significant show of resolve. So many of the marchers here say that now they really want to take this fight to the states. They're ecstatic over the fact that Roe versus Wade was overturned. But they also now say that even with roughly half the states uh, enacting bans and restrictions on abortion, they want to take this to all 50 states. Uh, some are also talking about more grassroots efforts. One lady I talked to said she wants to campaign against what she called the flood of abortion pills in the country. I spoke with one marcher, Marion DeRoches from Cape Cod, Massachusetts. She's been coming here on and off for 35 years. I think that um, our movement has to also be a movement of change of law, but change of heart. Um, reaching out to women, reaching out to men that are involved in difficult pregnancy situations and letting them know that we're here for them no matter what. And to tell them, you know, if you're struggling, we will help you. We will do this. So the debate is now shifting over what kind of tactics to use and where the movement goes uh, overall from here. Our thanks to Brian Todd. Greatly appreciated, sir. And it is not a unified movement all singing from the same song sheet. This is now going to get sorted out largely in the upcoming 2024 Republican presidential nomination contest, because each Republican candidate used to simply be able to state on this issue, overturn Roe and get it back to the states. Well, now that that's happened, are there going to be some candidates in favor of federal legislation, a national abortion ban? That is not popular with the American people, but there are some Republican elected officials proposing that already. Are there going to be differences between Republicans as to whether or not they support a six-week ban, whether or not to include exceptions for life of the mother, health of the mother, rape or incest, or should no exceptions be included? So now 
after sort of a unified purpose for nearly half a century, Republicans are sorting out and seeking what they're going to galvanize around as their mission in a post-Roe world. Mississippi Attorney General Lynn Fitch spoke at the march today with a forward-looking message. She won the Dobbs case that resulted in the overturning of Roe at the Supreme Court. We can protect life, but this is not the end of our journey. So it is our charge today in this new Dobbs era to channel that same determination and hope and prayer that has led you to these streets for 50 years. Use it to make changes. Now, the reality of a Republican-controlled House and a Democratic-controlled Senate and White House means there's not much likely to happen at the national level. You may recall that House Republicans in some of their first moves in the majority in the last week or so passed some pro life, anti-abortion rights legislation. But of course, that's going nowhere in a Democrat-controlled Senate. For his part, President Joe Biden marked the 50-year anniversary of the Roe decision with a presidential proclamation. He reaffirmed his administration's commitment to protecting reproductive rights and calling on Congress to pass legislation to codify Roe. And of course, that is not going to happen with a Republican-controlled House, hence the stalemate at the federal level. But just to remind you of where Joe Biden was on this issue and how wrongly decided he believed the Dobbs decision to be, this is how he reacted to the Supreme Court's decision last June. This decision is a culmination of a deliberate effort over decades to upset the balance of our law. It's a realization of an extreme ideology and a tragic error by the Supreme Court, in my view. Now, with Roe gone, let's be very clear. The health and life of women in this nation are now at risk. His vice president, Kamala Harris, the first female vice president of the United States, is going to Florida on Sunday to commemorate what would have been the 50th anniversary of Roe v. Wade. A senior administration official says Harris is going to highlight the administration's continued fight for reproductive rights at the state level. Now, there is something that has occurred since the Dobbs decision. That is, the American people weighed in in the midterm elections. And you may recall abortion was a big issue for specifically Democratic voters and some independent voters across the country as a real motivating issue that perhaps helped Democrats perform better in this midterm election than many had anticipated. And so Democrats are eager to keep the battle for abortion rights front and center in their political messaging, especially in states where Republicans have gained control of the governorship and the legislature, where they have a so-called trifecta and are trying to enact more aggressive pro-life legislation. But it's not just Democrats who believe that this conversation about abortion restrictions in a post-Roe world plays to their political advantage. There are some Republicans who believe that, too, namely the only Republican who is a declared candidate for the 2024 Republican Party presidential nomination, and that is former President Donald Trump. You may recall that he wrote on his Truth Social platform earlier this month that the, quote, abortion issue had been poorly handled by many Republicans, especially those who insisted on no exceptions in the case of rape, incest or life of the mother, which he said, quote, lost large numbers of voters. 
Well, there are a lot of pro-life activists who push back on this, the Susan B. Anthony list being one of them. And when they did so, they got acclaim from some of Trump's potential rivals, like his former vice president, Mike Pence. There seems to be a bit of a rift going on here between Trump and the evangelical Christian community that had been extraordinarily supportive of Trump during his initial run for the presidency and throughout the course of his presidency. But earlier this week, Trump told journalist David Brody that he's angry that some influential evangelical leaders have not immediately rallied around his 2024 candidacy. Nobody has ever done more for right to life than Donald Trump. I put three Supreme Court justices who all voted and they got something that they've been fighting for for 64 years or many, many years. Now, Trump's picking this feud with evangelicals precisely when his former VP Mike Pence is on his book tour and wooing the religious right, which is, of course, Mike Pence's natural home in American politics. So what is the state of the play in the states now that this issue has been returned to the states by the Supreme Court? Well, according to the Guttmacher Institute, as of December 2022, abortion is unavailable in 14 states and courts have temporarily blocked enforcement of bans in eight others. Even in states where abortion is available, clinics have been overwhelmed with an influx of patients from other states. And that number is likely to grow. More lawmakers in Republican-led states are expected to focus on abortion rights in the months ahead since legislatures had limited time to act last summer. Twenty-two states are now solidly controlled by Republicans, from the governor's offices to their state assemblies. Democrats fully control 17 states. And you can see in states like Michigan, there are efforts in the legislature to put greater protections for abortion rights in place. And while we're on the subject, one piece of news to note about that Supreme Court decision, you'll recall an early draft of it leaked in an unprecedented breach of protocol from the Supreme Court. Politico published the court's draft opinion more than a month before the court actually issued its opinion. And you may recall that the court began an investigation to find the leaker. Well, just yesterday, the court issued a report saying that they were unable to identify the person responsible for the leak. Investigators said at least 90 people had access to the document at one point. The reality is we may never learn who was responsible for leaking that draft opinion. That's it for today's political briefing. Thanks so much for listening. And if you like the show, please consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. CNN Political Briefing is a product of CNN Audio. Abby Swanson is our executive producer. Greg Peppers is our supervising producer. Fez Jamil is our senior producer. Our episodes are produced by Krista Bowe and Taylor Galgano. We'll be back Monday.